Lads, we're sitting here. It's the end of the summer. I have a question for you to start today's podcast. Mighty. Okay, so I have children who have just gone back to school. Yeah. They're lovely. They're great crack. Ah, thanks, Michal. Yeah. Yes, they are uh, some of the time. Great time for Nick James. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Some there of we the go. time. There we go. So I, I love it on. every time Kieran brings Nixie to the studio and sends her over to the shop. <laughs> <laughs> how, how much how much can we get out of that one moment oh. about the bottle of water? <laughs> <laughs> she was here recently, actually, Luke, and I had her well worn. Uh, you were on the guard every time you said nothing. <laughs> anyway. I'm interested uh, from your point of view, lads, um, as people who are not in school or not in college and haven't got children in school or in college, does, is the end of the summer a thing? This whole time of back to school, September, new beginnings, is that a thing or is it just the same as any other time of the year? Well, for me, this isn't the end of the summer. The end of the summer was about two months ago when we had the end of that three weeks of sunshine in June. <laughs> that that was the end of the summer. Yeah. I don't know what summer you've been having since. The start since, was at the start of June and the exist. end was at the end. Yes. Yeah, we had three weeks. Summer lasted three weeks. We did, we did. I but, think I tr- I think I think it's still instilled in me. So I don't think I feel, obviously if you have kids or you go to college, there is a massive change from the last three months or two months versus what will come over the next couple of months. So it's obviously more prevalent. But I think, yeah, in my life, I definitely remember, yeah, the back to school as the as the new, the, yeah, new beginnings is a great way to explain it. I think it does exist for but me. But do you yeah. still feel that in, in, in September now? Yeah, like a very slight amount, nowhere yeah. near what I what I want. I think it's probably that my job has an element of that as a barber, like there's the back to school week. You know okay. what I mean? So there's this big week where it's just nothing but young fellas and some of them are happy to be going back. Some of them are raging to be going back and it's actually a fun, it's one of the most fun weeks in work because it's just a hip kids. It's chaos. Like. But, uh, and it's like uh, this year, there's always something, every year there's always one one thing that happens. And this year it was young fellas fighting with their parents about mullets. So, this, no. this, 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 so the back to school year of 2023 will be the great mullet battle. Oh, I was like, what a mullet, you're not getting a mullet going oh, back to school. <laughs> you like that exact conversation in our house? <laughs> I, I was in with Tom recently for a haircut, for his back to school haircut. And Tom says, Dad, I'm getting a mullet. This is in front of Sinead as well. And Sinead says, you know, she's here shaking the head. And I says, don't worry, Rory's always good, right? So Tom will sit in the chair, but it's back to me and he'll tell Rory what he wants. Um, but before Rory actually gives it to him, Rory will have a quick look round to me as in, is that okay? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so he'll trick. get the he'll get the approval. And in fairness, Tom was all talk. By the time he got to the shop, he didn't want the mullet anymore. Yeah, it was good. It was yeah, because sometimes I think some parents are like you know, the, the Rory the barber will look round because I always do, and just make sure that what the kid has said is all right, and then I'll get the nod or the shake of the head. Now, if there's a shake of the head, there is a small other conversation to be had. Like, what am I actually doing then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the problem is when you turn around and the parents shake their head and the kid twigs it, and it's like, oh, awkward. You told me I could have one. They're like, yeah, <laughs> oh, but we don't. No. Oh, just chaos what, what, ensues. What happens though if the kid asks for a mullet, and you look at? You know, you look at Mammy and Mammy says, there's no mullet happening there. And then you proceed to cut the mullet and then like, okay, it's, it's child, but he's not stupid. Like what happens when he looks in the mirror afterwards and sees no mullet? So yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't do that. I think I, what I do is if I see the parent is struggling with that scenario, I right, I have the the 
the prestige of being the barber, right? So I can say some things that might like persuade the child in a different direction. Like they might say, oh, I'm getting a mullet. And you go, oh, I don't know. Do you know what would be really nice on you now? It would be like if we put a one on the end. You know, you try and sp- talk them into something. I know it doesn't always work, but most kids are fairly like... Do you ever say to a child, like, you want to cop yourself on now? The shape of your head is ridiculous. You could no more, you could no more pull off a mullet now than... You must be joking. With yeah. a face like that, you can't have a mullet. Yeah. Do you ever say that to a child? No, no, no actually, I haven't. Yeah, thanks, Lake. That's a really good like. I step. think the blunt approach. No, <laughs> me all end of the summer. Is it a thing for you? Yeah, I notice it big time. Do you? Just because work is so busy in the summer, so I know when the summer's coming to an end because it gets a little bit quieter. But when you start seeing kids going back to school, like you still nearly feel like you should be getting back into uniform as well around September. But this weekend as well with. My one festival at the end of the summer. I know as soon as that's over, good night. Yes. Well, in fairness, Michal, you've jumped two steps ahead of me there. Look at you. Look at you. Delighted with yourself. <laughs> because the reason I brought up the end of the summer was because we're dealing on today's podcast with two real iconic end of summer events. Oh. One being the Warriors run. Yeah. And uh, we have double Warriors run champion in today as our guest, folks. Local man, Shamie Summers. Yo! And... Uh, but before that, we're going to talk a bit about Electric Picnic. Mm. Me, haul you're heading. Yeah, I'm buzzing. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> no, like, I cannot stop thinking about it. It's so sad. The oh, last yeah? week, it's just in my mind. And is this as part of work or is it, uh, you know... Uh, not really, no. Nah. So not you're getting really. paid to go, but you're not... You're not no, I'm not even getting paid to go. <laughs> not, right. It's just kind of like hop into a couple of social media videos there and away with you. But like, I am going to play. I'm very much going to play with the gang from Sligo. So there's four of us going up tomorrow. Uh, three of us tomorrow... One of us on Friday. And it's honestly, like, I would rather electric picnic over any sun holiday in the whole entire world. Right. Really? Like, I can't describe to you how obsessed I am. So, my favourite part of the weekend is the Thursday night. So, not everyone goes up on the Thursday night. Everyone goes up for the early access. And, uh... It's just once you get that tent set up because that trek going into electric picnic is brutal, lads. It's so bad. Yeah, yeah. It's it's horrible. But once you get your tent set up, once you've got your camping chair, and once you've got that can in hand, and you're looking around the people you love, honestly, <laughs> I am in heaven. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever heard? And that's of the, when it rains. Like, have you heard of the phrase "set moth"? Sesh moth. Sorry, I've said that wrong. Have you heard of the phrase "sesh moth"? Yeah. Right. So that's somebody who's like a moth around the session, right? They're always mad for a session. People who pay 44 euro, right, <laughs> to buy a ticket so that they can go to EP, which is already a weekend long event, but so they can get in a day early so they can set their tent up and start drinking. A full, like, nearly 24 hours before everyone else. You're a sesh mod. That's it's, all I can say about it. It's a big problem. It's, it's honestly a big problem. So is problem. there no music on Thursday? So, like, there is, but so you don't go <laughs> near it. Like, you do not leave your tent or your camping chair. You just sit down and you're plonk for the night. You do not get up unless you need to go to the bathroom, and that is a fact. You do not go anywhere. There, there's uh, the Salty Dog stage, but that's the only one. So the actual main arena isn't open. So basically, you're getting you're paying to be in a field drinking can for the night. That's yeah. all. That's all you're paying for but like I spoke to a guy today about it who who he was in my shop with four or five of their mates and they were all getting their hair cut for EP and he started on this big long winded story about how it's all about tent placement right <laughs> so so your event the, the, the success of your event depends on your tent placement where do you get your tent put down because if it's in a good spot 
you know, the, you've got a weekend of good accommodation, effectively. So that's why he paid for his ticket. And all his mates were looking at him like, you fucking liar. Don't talk shite. You spent the 44 quid so you can get into the field with the rest of the boys and start drinking cans 24 hours early. It's just a, it's, it's a good excuse for a longer weekend. It's 44 quid novelty. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah it sure. is. It's ridiculous that you have to pay that extra bit yeah. to go in, but like... Me, is the reason that you're rocking a uh, Hall and Oates moustache so you can soak up a little bit bitter into it and just kind of lick it when you when you get a bit thirsty <laughs> at the festival or what's going on Because we're not there. allowed to bring cans into the arena so I just soak it all into the moustache and then I can wring it out when I get in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't know why. I don't know why I went with the moustache to be honest. It I was, love it was that pure look. piss take at the start but I was up in uh, Bunkrana there the last day and we were at an event with Roy Houghton. Do you know Roy Houghton? You'd know Roy Houghton, famous Irish footballer. Ray Houghton. Ray Houghton. Roy sorry. Houghton. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> You've sorry, offended Kieran Quinn. My Roy. <laughs> no, if, if my father heard me calling him Roy. My father. <laughs> my father. I've never heard you Ray say sound as Sligo as you just did. My father. <laughs> my father. Uh, but Ray Houghton, sorry, he was up in Bunkrana and I was walking up and I had to do a quick interview with him, really quick five minute chat with him. And this, these two young fellas came up behind me and they were on their own but they had about 10 or 20 young fellas behind them and one of them said, Hey, are you Charlie Jack? <laughs> sure. I could not get away from these 20 kids for the rest of the day. Hey, hey, can, I, can you say my thing? Can you say my thing? So it's a it's a good thing, but it's it's not good around kids. Kids don't like it. I think you look really like well older. Yeah. Thanks. You I look think. significantly more mature. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Lance. You won't get ID'd now with Tesco getting your cans for the EP. Yeah. Actually, speaking of more mature and speaking of the end of summer as well, you know, I had a thought the other day. You know, when people ask you, does that make you feel older? Or, geez, I've never felt as old as, yeah. you know, one of the things is you turn 30, you know, do you feel old? And 30 didn't phase me at all, but Jesus, I had a thought the other day and I have never felt as, <laughs> oh my God, mm. I'm so old. And the thought was, I was just driving along in the van and I thought, <laughs> randomly, I thought, in two years, it'll be 20 years since I started secondary school. Oh, yeah. That's a cracker. Imagine that. Yeah, shite. I know, in that moment, <laughs> far more than when I hit 30 or far more than any other moment, I went, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that is scary. Yeah. They, they become, I think, more and more frequent as you move through your 30s. You have these thoughts and it's like, oh, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I never thought that. <laughs> <laughs> Lads, uh, we're going to move on because I have a funny feeling that uh, Mihal on the Streets next month might be recorded on the grassy streets of Stradbally County Leash. Mm. But where was he this month? Do we have one, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. You have one. You have one every time. Have I ever let you down? <laughs> Talking to your average Joes A random question he will pose But he'll ask one never knows What's your favourite movie? Savoury or fruity? Do you like a sushi? Oh, it's me, Hall on the My lads, what's the crack? Streets Dublin's fair city, where the girls are so pretty. Lads, I'm in Blanchestown today in County Dublin from Hall on the Streets, and I'm a little bit selfish this week. I'm using it for my own personal use. I'm going to a lecture picnic this Thursday night, and I asked the locals here for their little tips and tricks of going to a festival, the do's and don'ts of going to a lecture picnic, and what to bring while camping. Here's how I get on. Bring snacks. What kind of snacks? Uh, cereal bars, crisps, popcorn. Bring your wallies. 
for your rain jacket. <laughs> Waterproof spray for your tent. Bring a jumper or a rain jacket in case it rains. Wellies and pull-ups. Don't put your drink down or leave it somewhere because then you can get spiked. It's me hole on the street. <laughs> Rui, Rui, Spoot. I don't then, think this girl was even 12 years old, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> she was walking on the streets of Blanche. I know it was like 20 festival tips, you know, like the normal things. And she was like, don't put your drink down. Don't put your drink down. You might get spooked. It's a savage accent, isn't it? Oh, gosh. Do you know what? That was, I think, the most low effort, fucking minimum contribution, shite, Mihal on the streets oh, that I've ever heard. I loved it, and I'm extremely disappointed in you now after the cracker you delivered last month. This, this, yeah, but this, it's so hard. This is what you come back to me with. It's, this is what you come back to me with, Mihal. I'm sick of it now, Mihal. To be honest with you, do you know what I'm actually sick? No, Mihal, I'm sick of it. No, I just had to. I just had to get that off Luke, my chest. The standard was so high last month. Like no matter what I did this month, it was going to be lower. So I'm sorry, but yeah, yeah. Luke was lying in the long grass waiting for his chance. No. He was just crossing off every day on the calendar. It was like, I get him, I get him. Days until I can abuse me all again. (laughs) So when I was thinking about this, I was like, Luke, Kieran, I'm not even sure if you'd have big tips on camping, but I knew you would. But do you? I'll start with Kieran. Do you have any tips for a festival? Any tips for camping? The last time I remember camping. Now, this is probably not the last time I was camping, but it's the last story I have from camping. We were 16 and we were on Coney Island. Mm. You're not meant to cracker. You're not meant to camp on Coney Island. Yeah, but no. do it anyway. It's class. Yeah. So we we were on Coney Island, about four or five of us, and uh, we were caught, or I don't, I don't know how we were caught, but someone spotted us and said, you know, there's no camping on the island. So one of my friends, she says, no, I know, I know the people who own this field, um, and and sh- and she literally did. Well, she knew people who, who owned some field on Coney Island. And she says, um, there's a payphone. You laugh at this, lads. But there's a payphone. There was a payphone on the island. <laughs> and she said, um, I'll go and ring them. And so whoever was given out to us followed her to the payphone and listened to, like didn't get in the, in the payphone box with her, but listened to her conversation outside the payphone. And she was um, she was so believable. Like she did know people who owned the field, but there was no way she rang them. Yeah. <laughs> but she put her coins in, she dialed a number, and she lifted the receiver and had the most believable conversation with nobody. Unbelievable. And, and, and outside the box. Delighted. That's fine. They're they're sorted. They were allowed to stay, so we got to stay on That's a like, I love that confidence. Yeah. Like, right, you've got one shot really here, or else this person is probably gonna kick you off to whatever property. Yeah. Give it socks. Yeah. And when you come off, draw and no time to think about that scenario either. It's not like what'll happen if someone catches us, like what will I do? Yeah. yeah. It was just Yeah. On the moment. She was brilliant. She was it. brilliant, yeah. I'll never forget it. It was great improvising, wasn't it? Yeah, great yeah. improvising. So that's my tip. Have a have a, have a bit of confidence and a bit of uh, improvising about you, and you'll be grand. Yeah, nice. That's a good one, Rory. Uh, I can give like I can I do I do camp a lot. Yeah, so I can give like an actual tip rather than trying to be funny or anything. Here's here's my tip. <laughs> are you implying that I can't give? Are you implying that I can't give actual tips about camping? You certainly can't. <laughs> but you, you know, your story had a bit of character there, Karen. Like this, this has no character. This is a factual tale. No, no, no. That's what we need. That's Wool is the most amazing, like ancient um, textile, because wool. You're okay. You're going to get wet. 
right? And a lot of your stuff is going to get wet. So like we all know the rule of like get yourself off the ground. So put something between you and the ground that they stay warm at night, right? But wool is unbelievable because wool will keep you warm even if it's wet. So if you put a wool, an actual wool blanket in your bag. I thought you were going to say a sheep under Yeah, if you can bring a sheep with you and a loom. <laughs> Festival tips, a sheep and a loom. Sorry, go back. Yeah, no, but if you bring a, an actual a 100% wool blanket, regardless of what happens, even if it thunders down, you'll be a bit miserable, but you won't die of hypothermia. There's my tip, bring a wool. Love it. Lukey. That sounds really, really miserable. <laughs> Wrapping myself in a sopping wet wool blanket going, well, I'm nice and wet, but at least I'm not dying. Do you know what's more miserable <laughs> is not having the wool blanket? Then you're freezing and so. But is there wet. no way to kind of um, marry the, 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 the warmth of the wool with a bit of waterproofing? There is, there is if you go right, if you legitimately go camping. These people are going to a field to drink. They're not going camping. They're yeah. forced to camp yeah. because they're going to drink over four days. Yeah. It should be three, but some sesh spots <laughs> believe that four is the only way to go. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it feeds into my tip, I suppose, is don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. A solid tip from Don't him. do it. <laughs> Buy a van, make a friend who owns a van, or go glamping, spend a bit of extra money. My God, if you're going to spend a little bit, if you're going to spend 40 euro to sit and drink in a field for a day, hmm. then you might as well just spend a bit more and get yourself a nice glamping yurt that's nice and warm and stuff. They're saying this I is the problem in festivals now is that they're, they're finding it hard. Everyone wants to glamp now. So it used to be a thing of roughing it, right? Rough it for the festival, that's the crack. But like Wild Roots faced this problem and EP is now facing this problem where the glamping tickets are what sells out first now. That used to be the last thing to sell. People like, yeah. Christ, I've spent 600 mm. euro for a weekend because mm. that's all that's left. Mm. Now it's like, grand, I'll pay the 600 quid because, you know, my, my partner won't be complaining that he or she has to sleep out in the pissing rain and they might come with me to this event. Mm. So they sell all the glamping pots. So Luke, I think, I think a lot of people think like you think. I, I'm telling you, you tell me I can't give legitimate tips about camping at a music festival. You know, come on. Yeah. Actually, you know, the people here. Yeah. In fairness, yeah. I would just drive Salt the van the in and I'd put a mattress yeah. and some fairy lights in the back of the van and that would be, Job's good. yeah. Luke, yeah. you, your name was suggested to come along with us and I was like, not with his attitude, no. Way. <laughs> <laughs> right. got, Somebody knows me well. We Before we get into this any further, uh, we'll keep the lads uh, on, on some SWAT friendly terms for now. <laughs> we're going um, to talk about um, the other big end of summer event happening in Strandhill last week. And as I said earlier, we have the double winner of the Warriors run local man, Shamie Summers, coming up very soon. But Rory, you ran it. I did. How I did. was it? Sorry, Kieran, you ran it. I did. Yeah. I did. Wait, sorry, Luke. You didn't run it. <laughs> Me, all did you? No, I didn't. Okay, so Go it's, it's on. 50%. No, back back on to the two no. boys. How did you both find it? Uh, like, I I didn't train this year. So I bought a ticket as hopefully the Catalyst 2 train and then kind of got obsessed with jiu-jitsu as listeners of the podcast will know. I've been talking about it nonstop for four episodes now. So I got kind of obsessed with it and didn't run at all. So the, the morning came around and uh, my uh, one of my best friends in the world, Wheeler, he's like, are, are we running this thing? Because he hadn't trained either. And I says, yeah, look, come here, we'll tip around. The problem was, or at least what I thought the problem was going to be is one of my friends is an elite runner. Like he is like top drawer, really, really good runner. And he wanted to run it with me. I thought to myself, why are you doing that? On, on what planet? What's the point in that? So I thought there was going to be an element of pressure. So I was probably a bit nervous. 
But then I went and did it. And this actually, this is good for people who haven't ran it, but are wondering about running it next year. I have a certain level of base fitness. And if you have a certain level of base fitness, you can run the Warriors. Now, I didn't run it in a fast time. I ran it in 142, which is, you know, at the bottom end of the finishers. But you'll get rounded and you'll have the crack. And the, the event is amazing because people stay on the street. They clap for you. The, you know, you, you're running in this big group. Even if you're at the back, you're still in a big group of people at the back. And there's a kind of camaraderie in that. So, um, yeah, I loved it. I just, next year, I will de- definitely do it again. So that's an example, right? I've done, I did it last year, did it this year. I will definitely do it again next year. So it is good crack. I'll just train a bit. For sure, because I because I have to beat Kieran Quinn next year. That's my plan. <laughs> How much further ahead were you, Kieran? Uh, I'd say about ten minutes, judging by the sound of Rory's time. Eleven minutes. Eleven minutes. Oh, yeah, How did you find it? Oh, me all. I'm getting old, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I never felt so old. <laughs> um, there's a lad. He's he's. He's probably 15, 20 years my senior and I meet him regularly enough and he goes, he's an ex-footballer as, as well and he goes, how's my how's my favourite former athlete? He always says oh. to me. Oh. <laughs> and I never felt so much like a former athlete on, uh, on Saturday. Um, I, I, so, you know, I went out with the best of intentions to enjoy it. The more than Rory, I hadn't done any running training. <laughs> I had a I had a, a a decent level of base fitness, and um, but hadn't done any running training for it, and so I said to myself, Do you know, just go out and enjoy it. Now this was not helped by the fact that my brother was running, and for years we have had this Warriors one run rivalry. Yes, right. So some years I'd beat him, other years he'd beat me. Uh, crucially, he has a, his fastest time is fifty seconds faster than my fastest time, and. The way I'm going, I'm never going to, that, that's never within reach again. But anyway, this, so we have this rivalry over a number of years. And he, he was running this year. He hasn't run for a while. So that was in my head. So we, we were sort of, he, I passed him at the start and then he passed me. And But by the time we got to the cairn, we were together. We sort of went down the mountain. I fell at one point, a little slip. I hear this voice behind me. Kieran, are you Okay. What a brother should do, lads. Yeah, you know, sure. it's really nice. We sort of went down, descended together, you know, got round the corner. Friends of ours were at the at the corner there coming off the mountain, gave us a big round of applause. Isn't it lovely to see you running together, lads? <laughs> <laughs> and this was so nice. And we were we weren't going fast, you know, but we were just pl- plodding along together. Uh until He kicked you in the shins. Until we got to uh <laughs> Uh, Rathcarrick um, Tommy Craddock's house there Tommy's always out with the loudspeaker in a big water station and he's a great supporter of the run and just around there there wasn't even a look there wasn't a word spoken he just began to edge clear of me oh <laughs> and I, do you know the worst thing lads I was watching him edge clear of me not able to stay with him oh. and thinking he's going so slow <laughs> yeah, you know, if I but I was obviously going slower, yeah, and yeah. I couldn't, uh, I could, but I could. Look, it's all relative. Look, I'm, I guess I've done, I've done times in the past that where where I would have been faster. I'll do times in the future where I will be delighted with this year's time. Do you know? So uh, my my idea of running it non competitively did not work, um, but <laughs> all the same, it's an unbelievable event. And yeah. even if I haven't trained next year, I will absolutely do it again. 
do you know, um, it's it's great. It's great. And, you know, the crack here, hearing, hearing about our guest, Jamie Summers, and, you know, you, you know, there was such a, a same last year, you know, having a local winner really adds to the feeling of the night in Strand Hill. Yeah, for yeah. sure. There's such a buzz around and Jamie won and, and you know, they're hearing the stories, which we'll hopefully hear from Jamie shortly, um, about the race and, and where it was won and lost and all that sort of thing. But, ah, look, um, Long may it last, lads. It's yeah, a good for event. sure. And uh, Rory, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll don't. I see. I want to run a non-competitively next year. And here's you. <laughs> so, you okay, beat me. hang on. Okay, so Karen's given us that lovely story as to why he was slightly competitive with his brother. I was in the pub with him afterwards. Right? Do you want to know what he said to me? <laughs> he goes, "I took off from the start line and I was non-competitive until the first person passed me." And yeah. Then I was there, yeah. Okay, so whatever about his fucking brother, right? <laughs> it was <laughs> anybody passing him. <laughs> so so, so yeah. I'm gonna. I. I I, my, I, I saw anyone from Sligo will know a fella called Albert in oh, yeah, uh, from Call of the Wild, Call of the Wild right? <laughs> and I saw Albert off in the distance while I was running and I, I says to the fella I was running with I says I'm going to catch him and the lad beside me goes yeah do he's great Get, you got your sights set on him you've got a long time to catch him before the end catch him and I ran up kind of behind him and I was shouting at him, Albert, slow down. Slow, I'm, tra- I'm trying to catch you, Albert. And he goes, uh, get away from me. <laughs> like, like, like this kind of thing. Like, I've got nothing left in the tank. Get away from me. <laughs> so I caught him anyway. And as I was passing him, I knew I had a little bit to get past him. He was, he was kind of roughly at my pace. And I looked over and the fellow was running with looks me in the eye and he just gives me a little nod. He's like, in other words, do it. Take him, like, go, go past him. Yeah. And I was like, so got past him. And then so there's this amazing ultra runner uh, called Courtney Walter. And her thing is catch, uh, pass and gap. So your first thing is catch them. Second thing, pass them. Third thing, put a gap. So I was in my head, I'm like, put a gap between us. Yeah. And then I finished the race and I had beaten him. And I thought that felt really, really good to have set a goal in the middle of it and have beaten someone. Yeah. Then I instantly thought of Quinner. <laughs> so he's, he's 10 minutes ahead of me, definitely. Because, uh, you know, I know that's his rough time that he was going to finish. He's, and if he's done well, he's 15 minutes ahead of me. So yeah. let's just, and then I just thought, I'm going to train next year. Yeah. And I'm going to get in behind him. I'm going to say, slow down, Quinner. <laughs> and I'd love for him to shout back to me to go, get away from me. <laughs> In that well, yeah, in the idea. I've got nothing left in the tank. What about the the friend of mine who passed me around the petrol station this year? And not only was the indignity of him passing me, but he gave me a nice slap in the arse. There's one for you. There's one for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, it's a it's a great event, and I think we've probably had enough of the the amateurs' experience of it. Let's hear from the winner himself, Mr. Shamey Summers. Jamie Summers, you are welcome to In the Lamplight. Thank you very much, lads, for having me here. Delighted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great to see you. Um, great week to have you on. You are now a double two-time winners winner of the Warriors Run. Yeah, the champ, champ. I've been called the champ, 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 champ. Yeah. How does that feel? Feels actually great. Yeah, and um, like my favorite event. Uh, it's what got me into running. So, I mean, to win it twice now is um, and back to back, absolutely unreal. Like, um. Yeah, talk about people being on cloud nine. Uh, Saturday night, I don't know, I was on, I suppose, cloud 18. Right. You know? So it was, yeah, brilliant. I remember from playing football, Shamey, there was always a thing like, you know, uh, not quite anyone, but, you know, a lot of teams will win one championship, but to win two really separates you. Can you can you compare the feeling from both years? Well, I suppose the first year, um, last year, um, Last year, I went into it with um, 
a kind of a feeling that I I would do well. I'd never been on the podium up until last year. Okay. I was always fourth or fifth for for a good few years, but last year. Um, after speaking with my coach, he had a look at the entry list and he says, listen, you have a good chance of being on the podium this year. He says, we kind of went through a tactical thing and he says, this is what I want you to do. Try it, see how it goes. And by the time I got off the mountain um, last year, I had a I had a good lead and I was able to build on it then after. And I won by, by nearly two minutes last year. Right. So, I mean, coming down that home straight, I knew um, I was well clear because I'd been told further back. So, I mean... I was just able to just really, really enjoy that last mile. Um, the crowd, like high-fiving people, yeah. cheering at people, yeah. clapping at people. <sighs> I just, it was just yeah. an amazing feeling. Um, and to have my family there as well was like just just class. Yeah. Um, and of course, everything that came with it then afterwards was great. The next few days was like... Um, I remember meeting you last year, Sammy. Sorry yeah. to cut across you. I remember meeting you the night of the run and, and being round and, and the whole the whole atmosphere was... I'm delighted Shamey won. Isn't it yeah, great to see Shamey yeah, win? There was yeah. a massive feel-good oh, factor out there for you. Yeah. Did you get that? Did you feel oh, that? Totally, yeah. totally. I mean, it was like, you know, people I never even met in my life before um, coming up to me that, yeah. that actually said that they knew me and that they were delighted for me. And like, I was, I felt like the Pope that night. I was, you know, just like <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, but then coming back to this year, yes. um, coming into it, uh, I suppose there was rumours going around of different uh, competitors that were going to be there again. And I knew um, at a previous winner um, from a few years ago, Barry Minnick, I'd been speaking to him at a race in um, Kilbegan a few weeks ago and he told me he was coming down. So um, so that kind of, you know, had me thinking, like this guy is, he's uh, he was on the Irish mountain running team a few years ago. So I knew like his calibre. Um, right. So... I, th- I thought to myself, well, this is one guy that's definitely going to, to push me hard. And then I found out during the week that the guy that was second last year, um, Aidan McMorland, he's, he's, he's a local guy as well. Yeah. He was after getting an entry for it. Now, he, had, he told me he wasn't doing it a few months ago. I met him, but yeah. then I found out he was doing it. So <laughs> I thought to myself, I said, okay, these are two, two serious contenders that I'm going to have to, to battle with. Um, so the plan was this year to go out with the same tactic as last year. Um, go hard, go hard to the mountain, try and use my road speed to get ahead of these guys onto the mountain. And it worked. I, got, I was at the mountain first, but um, halfway up the mountain, um, I was caught and passed by not only the two lads, but another um, another young lad. He's, he's local as well. He's um, He was on the under 23 mountain running team. He passed me as well. So like by the time we got to the top, I was in fourth You're position. fourth, right. I'm in fourth. And I'm thinking, okay, uh, you know, last year was great. I finished first. You know, nobody expects me to do it again. So, I mean, even if I finish third or even fourth, sure, it'd be a great achievement again. After so that was in your head? That was in my head the at the top. And then something just clicked in my head and said, you know, why why are you thinking that way? Like, yeah. you can you can actually try and compete with these guys. You yeah. know, you're still you're still in the race. Don't give up. So... Um, just before we turned on the Kieran, I actually caught one of the one of the lads. Um, so on the way down, they actually hadn't got that far ahead of me. So on the way down, I thought to myself, I've practiced this run like numerous times over the last couple of months down the mountain. So why not go for it? Now, in fairness, the times I've been practicing that have been fairly dry. <laughs> so this time it was like a different uh, kettle of fish altogether. It was like uh, misty. Uh, wet, the grass was wet, the stones were wet, but 
I says, I'm going to take the dry line approach going down um, that I would if it was dry instead of taking the wet line approach, which is probably the safer approach. But right. I noticed the lads had went for the safer approach. So I says, this is it. I'm going to go for it. And I literally just threw myself down the mountain. <laughs> it's funny you used those words. They were the exact words I heard on Saturday night. Yeah. Shamey threw himself down the mountain, I threw apparently. threw down the mountain, <laughs> yes. And, and when you say, like, did you fall? Was, I fell once. Did you? I yeah. fell once. Yeah, I had one fall, um, but it wasn't like head over heels riding. I landed on, on, on my backside and I just slid for maybe you know, about five or six metres, got back, lucky enough, back on my feet again and continued to the, um, down the mountain. So by the time I got to the bottom, um, onto the stone path, you know, you go through the gate. Yes. Got back on the road there or onto the stone path. I was back in second position. Right. So, um, right. <laughs> so down on the stony path then, um, is where I caught, uh, in the other lad. Yes. So when I literally got back down to the car park and turned left back out onto the road back, um, I was back in the lead again. Right. Did you have um, consistent speed the whole way? Like even when you knew you were, you had to catch these, did you keep consistent or were you like, no, nah, I actually need to speed up to catch these and these boys will slow down at the front? What way? There, there was sections on it where I was, I suppose, consistently faster going down um, where I was like getting to a spot where I'm literally looking at some of the jumps that I have to slow down for and I'm saying, I'm not going to be able to slow down enough for this jump. But I somehow managed to get over the jumps and land safely. Um, I'd, I'd love to have seen it myself because <laughs> yeah. I'd say, I, you know, it's it was it was like the bravest thing I, I've ever done, I think, coming down there. Because wow. if, you know yourself, from doing it yourself, Karen, if, if you fall there, it's like, you know, you, can, you do risk, you do risk a kind of a, yeah. a, a, a sore. Of course, a serious or injury. Or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so... Um, so yeah, look, it was a gamble that paid off. And Shami, I was reading your, um, you had a post up online about the, the race on yeah. Instagram. I was reading it and I was struck by one line and it's, to, it's, it's related to this part of the race. You said it was crucial. You felt that you came off the mountain in first yeah. and that that helped you win. Like wh- why, why was that so important to you, do you think? Um, well, personally for me, I think, um, my, my, strongest part of the Warriors run is always the road sections um, because I'm I'm literally a road runner. So, I mean, when when I got back on the road, I knew that the speed that I had in my legs would be able to kind of keep me ahead of, of the lads. Um, but if, I, if I'd come off the road maybe in, in third, um, I think that the two lads might have been able to work together and try to stay ahead of me and... Definitely, definitely um, Barry Minnick, the guy from Dublin, I think. Mm. I think if he had been ahead of me on the road section, I probably would have found it very hard to kind of try and, and um, wind him in if I let him go too far ahead coming down. Okay. So, okay. so yeah, it was definitely, in my mind, crucial that I that I got back on the road first. Right. Um, Amazing, as you said, I would love to have seen that descent. Yeah, so so would I. So yeah. would I, I, I tell you, it was it was um, it was fast. I yeah. think we came down in something like uh, four minutes. Right. Wow. Right. Yeah. 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 Wow. That was from the, from the cairn to the car park. To the car park. Genie Mac. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't fall that quick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shami, it's the focus the whole year. Is the whole year just focused on the Warriors run or when do you start planning towards that race? Because um, it's so different. Like you've, yeah, you've taken the is. mountain into uh, account. Like. Yeah, no, usually I'd, I'd start um, as soon as May comes. I, straight away I'm, I'm thinking about Warriors run training. It's going to be starting soon. 
So yeah, it always starts in around the end of May, start of June. And when I say starts, what I start doing is I head for Strand Hill. I go to Strand Hill and I do a lot of my long runs, which I do, you know, one long run a week. I start doing them around the mountain, around uh, the Knocknarea Loop, as we call it. It's a 10k loop just around if you just go around the full circle. Yes. And I might do that twice every week. And then as the time goes on, we get into July, um, I'd start throwing in a climb of the mountain or maybe two climbs of the mountain in the middle of that as well. So yeah, there's it's it's a total switch from what I'd usually be doing mm. um, in regard, like if I was doing a 10k or a half marathon or something like that, that's nearly all, it's all like fairly consistent miles of, of flat road or, you know, maybe, you know, undulating and stuff like that. But when it's, when it's, when it's Warriors run time, it's just totally focused on, on that Len road, yeah. getting that, the mentality of that Len road yeah. into your head. Into your head. Yeah. 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 And come here, Shamie, I, again, um, I noticed uh, another thing that struck me from your, from your Instagram page, the first line, fitter at 50. Two questions yeah. uh, about that for you. Number one, are you 50? Yeah, I was 50 in June. Were you really? I was, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You wear it well, man. Yeah. You wear it <laughs> well. As I always say, my wife looks after me well, so. <laughs> there you go. Right, so you're 50. And, and are you fitter than you've ever been, do you feel? Um, well, I've I've been getting consistently faster, um, more so in the last maybe 10 years. Um, so, yeah, definitely getting, definitely fitter, yeah. And what do you definitely. put that down to? Um, I think it's just consistency, being able to stay injury free and like being sensible with, with the training and stuff like that. No one went to give the body a, a break and, you know, maybe take an easy week. And when I say an easy week, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't stop running, but just be a lot more, um, shorter, easier runs and stuff like that. And, um, and, but basically staying injury free, I've been, I've been very, very lucky. Um, I haven't been injured, uh, really since 2012. Okay. That was the last time I was, I missed say a chunk of a year, maybe about three months with, with, with the injury that I had at the time. But ever since then, I've, the only thing that has knocked me out is a bit of maybe man flu or right. something like that, you know. But, Tough me all. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> That's oh. and, and the thing is, the women don't understand at all. Because <laughs> they never had it. You see, that's yeah. the thing. But anyway, that's a different debate. Yeah, that's one for another day. <laughs> if you're not taking it easy, like a normal week of training, are you out four or five times a week? Uh, or you're not talking every day, are you? Six days a week. Are you? Six days a week, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm lucky. I have a I have a, a coach, and I get a training plan. So it's it's what he he gives me a, a three month plan at a time. So like I just tell him the races that I'm interested in doing, and he builds the plan for me around that. And it's yeah, it's fairly. And you just do what you're told then. I basically do as I'm told. Yeah, yeah. It's you know it's it's fairly. There's a lot of easy. It's nearly always easy running. Like most of my week consistently is is easy running. There could be maybe one session. Um, one a week, um, which might involve maybe track or maybe you know mile repeats or something like that. And then there's a long run which might have something thrown into the middle of it as well. Um, but apart from that, all the rest of it is just like out out for a jog, which is yeah, yeah. which is nice, which is nice. Yeah, I mean, nice. yeah, I mean, how many times have I don't know if you heard it me all. I've certainly heard it so many times. You know, the key to to getting faster is actually a lot of Run slow running. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's so counterintuitive, but definitely, yeah, you're an example yeah. of there it. There it is, yeah. Because I mean, before I before I had a coach, 
I was probably doing my easy runs way too quick. And that just means that you're, um, you're constantly, as I say, burning yourself out. So you're not recovering properly. So it's, 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 there's no, you know, you're kind of, kind of counterproductive really mm. with your, with your training. Mm. You're not kind of getting any benefit out of it because you're constantly trying to recover. Um, but where your easy running comes in, it's just like you're going out and you're running nice and easy and you're just getting the volume in at the same time. Brilliant. Yeah. And Shamey, were you, were, you, were you always a runner? No, that's another thing. I only <laughs> took up running when I was um, 35. No way. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You are a big football man before that, was that it? Yeah, I used to play a bit of football, um, a lot of indoor football and stuff like that, but um, I was never really a gifted footballer, to say it like that. Um, I had pace all right. I was like over a short distance, I was fast. So I'd give me the ball and I'd run with it, but you know, but, um, but when I kind of got into the running and it was the Warriors run that got me into the running when I, when I started training for that. Um, and after I did my first Warriors run, um, I realized I hadn't done enough because it was just like a nightmare finish. Um, that last two, three mile really, really struggled. So instead of giving up, I says, I'm going back next year to be better. So I started training more. I started getting more advice of different people that I knew that ran. Um, so the football had to stop mm. because the football was was just causing too many little niggles and stuff like that. So um, so yeah, so then I became a... a and what was it runner. about the Warriors run, Jamie, that attracted you? Like you said, you said that's what got you into running. That's yeah. am- and that's amazing now. Imagine 15 years ago, you I got know. into this race as a novice yeah. and now you've won it twice. But go yeah. on anyway. What um, was it about the event? It, it, it was just the uniqueness of it, I think. we. I was out in Strand Hill one Sunday, because back then, I don't know if you remember, it used to be on a Sunday. Yes, absolutely. Um, and it like, was only maybe 200 people yeah. maybe in it, if yeah. that, you yeah. know. And we happened to be, myself and my wife were out in, in, in Strand Hill that Sunday. And the Warriors run happened to be on. And I was asking a few people, I seen a few people standing on the side of the road, I says, what's going on here today? And they said, oh, um, the Warriors run is on. And I said, what's the Warriors run? And he said, um, what's this race where you start he- here at the beachfront and you run up to Knocknaray and you come back down? And I'm going, all right. Oh, that sounds like mad, you know? <laughs> so uh, next thing I was kind of watching and I started seeing a couple of the fellas coming in to finish and I, I knew a few of them. And I was going, God, I know him and if he could do that, I can do it. Yeah. So I says to my wife, I says, I'm going to chance that next year. And she laughed at me. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so when it came around to actually going to do it, I I actually did it. Yeah, I got, I started training for it, but not near enough. I discovered. Yeah. yeah. Have, yeah you could, enough. have you got better every single year of doing the Warriors or is there a couple of years where you fall back in time or? Um, I know this year wasn't yeah. as good as last year, but. Yeah, I've, well, the first year I ran it, I think I was one hour 26 or something like that. I think that's what it was. Um, the following year, I think I was 10 minutes quicker. And then I started taking maybe two, three minutes off it every year after that. It was getting gradually faster. But the the holy grail at that time was to get under the hour. Yeah. It was where the, the, where the big guys were. Up under getting, breaking 60 minutes for the Warriors run was, was where it was at at that time. So I remember the first time I did that, I was like going, wow. And I still think I finished probably... I, find, I think I finished in the top 10, but it was still like, some of the times were like mental. So um, 2011 was when they actually 
um, kept it at the the route that it is now. Yes. They started because it got so popular. They used to go up and down the same path, but they changed it because yeah. of so many people. <laughs> meeting I remember each other that. Watch I remember that. You'd see yeah. the likes of Shaney flying down past you and you'd people be sort of struggling down. up a yeah. mountain and the yeah. winners, the winners would be literally nice flying coming, past coming you on the same path. Oh, and that'd be the path. worst. That'd be yeah. the worst if you're going up. You're like, oh, Shaney's <laughs> well, yeah. already on his way down well, and I'm still By, by then, the I used to see the winners coming down. You know, yeah, when I was going yeah. up that time, I used to see the winners coming down and You'd be, you know, you'd be stopping and applauding them, with, yeah. with in awe, like looking at them coming down. Um, but yeah, it just got too dangerous because the paths were so narrow, mm. and you're literally yeah. meeting guys coming at maybe, you know, breakneck speed coming towards you, and you're trying to jump out of the way. Lads but, throwing themselves down throwing the mountain. Throwing themselves <laughs> down the mountain, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, 2011 they changed it, but um, to that route, so it's like um, one way up and one way down. It's like a one way system now. So, but yeah, once I broke the hour, um then I knew that, you know, if I kept consistently getting better, that I could get myself into the podium. And and it just so happened that every year I finished fourth or fifth, the guys that were ahead of me weren't from Sligo. They had come from um, England or come from Holland or one guy one year came from Belgium. Right. There was a Kenyan one at one year. Right. Um, every year there was always a couple of guys ahead of me that that were... That weren't from Sligo. Yeah. I was like going, oh, if only, if only them guys didn't know about this race, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, so as I said, then to actually win it then that year um, yeah. was, was fantastic. And that wasn't actually my fastest time last right. year that I won it in. Right. Um, my best time on it, I think is about 50, high 55 or something like that. Nice. Wow. So, but it, the conditions can vary. Because you know, last year was really warm. Yes, last um, year was humid. Yeah. And then this year was windy and wet. This year was windy but and wet. But there was also an extra, an extra I don't know. Two, three hundred metres out of the mountain. The yeah, yeah, so it yeah. changes every year. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Well, Shami, um, it's great to hear your story. And I suppose the, what I've taken out of it is the consistency. Like it, it, it literally can be that simple. If if someone, yeah. if someone who really knows about running, so say your coach, if he, if he, if 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 you have somebody like that, and they say, Shamey, go out six days a week, stay injury free, do this, do what I tell you, and 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 you are have the discipline and the 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 willpower to actually follow it, then. It's you can you can improve year on year. I'm not it saying we can so all win simple. the Warriors run, but certainly everyone can improve year on year if they if they definitely. follow that pattern. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, as I said, it's all about consistency. And like some people, like you know, maybe they've done the Warriors run this year for the first time, and you know, rightly so, they're going to take a break for maybe a week or two. But if if they were thinking of doing it again next year, I would say, well, don't just sit until you know the summer arrives next year or till you get an entry in April and start training again. Just keep doing something. I mean, even if it's just the local park runs on a Saturday yeah, morning, yeah, yeah. Like, which are very handy little, yeah. like 5Ks, just, yeah. to, just to keep your kind of, yeah. your your name in the game. Yeah, yeah. Last question for you, Shami. You, yes. said, you said last year, um, you sort of had a, you had a good lead, you had a good two minute lead and you could really enjoy the last mile or two coming in because you knew you were clear. Uh, when did you know you had the, the race won this year? Well, the funny thing was the the crowds are absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, the whole they're way amazing. around, as you know, they're yeah. Amazing. yeah. I mean, really, really spurred me on over the that, that last um, you know, from the mountain back. But last year, I had a few people kind of tell me, as I said, on the side of the road, you're you're here, you're this far clear. There's nobody near you, whatever. But this year, I was kind of hoping that somebody would tell me, you know, and I was trying to listen out for when you'd pass a bunch of people that would clap, 
you know, listen to see if there was how soon the claps came again. So yes. you knew how close. Yes. But it was that windy. Sometimes you thought, like when your number was flapping, you were you were wondering, was that the clap or <laughs> was there no clap or whatever? Yeah. But it was literally when I came down into uh, the village again. Came down by, you know, it's got the, you come down by the hill there. St. Yeah. Anne's Church. Come down by yes. the church. And onto the Strand Hill Road. Well, onto the Strand Hill Road. Um, somebody says to me there that there's there's nobody there's nobody near you. So okay, well that that hill I know is probably about twenty seconds. So, um, but when I got down to say the turn for the golf club, yes, there was a guy standing there that I know, and he could see back up the hill, and he says to me, "Shami, you're at least thirty seconds there." Right. He says, "Enjoy it, man." Right. Uh, I love it. Yeah. So that was when I knew. Yeah. Yeah. That was when I knew. Um. And I and actually it turned. I think it was about. 42 seconds in the end or something right. like that but it was um, yeah going down that home straight like as, as good as it was last year it was just as good this year you know what I mean it's just it's just unbelievably coming down there um, all my family was there uh, friends there it's like yeah. you know and even people that probably don't even know me or might never see me again but it's a local winner for them oh, exactly. you know exactly. yeah. yeah so yeah. Yeah. yeah they literally they literally carry you down that last yeah. um, that last 200 metres yeah. to, yeah. to the finish line brilliant yeah. brilliant you've done it twice now three in a row or will you just leave it now oh the amount of times Michal <laughs> I've heard that on um, on Saturday night uh, <laughs> will you go for the three in a row like last year that says to me oh you have to come back and retain your title so I've done that so um, so look I, I'm not going to say I'm not coming back next year. I'm definitely coming back next year. And if it turns out that I win a three in a row, so be it. So, uh, yeah, so I'm going to go for the three in a row, yeah. Good so, man. Yeah, so. Well, we'll chat to you then, hopefully, Shamie, well, hopefully, yeah. this time next year. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> Look, thanks a million for coming in, Shamie. Yeah, and uh, the the champ champ of the Warriors the run. The champ champ. The yeah. champ champ. Well, look, enjoy enjoy the feeling and uh, thank you. enjoy and keep on running, I guess. I certainly That's will, the for message, as long as yeah. I can, yeah, yeah, for as long as I can. Brilliant. Thank you. You heard it here first, guys. Shamey Summers going for three Warriors runs in a row next year. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know which is more unlikely, Rory, that happening or you actually catching me. We'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to see. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. It'd be hilarious if I caught Shamey. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, that thank- would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> As we've heard, it's doable. Consistency. That's that's Shamey's big one. Um, but anyway, great to have Shamey in. Rory, have you something else on your Rory Recommends this month for us that is not the Warriors run? If your life is feeling grey, like a dull and cloudy day, we can chase your blues away. Rory recommends you something to defend you. On the board, I'm not offend you. Also fix your hairdo. It's Rory Recommends. Oh. Okay, lads. This, we're back to challenge month. <laughs> All right. I've set some challenges that haven't come to light. This one has to come to light. But in order to get to the challenge, I have to give you a preface of how I got there, give a Rory recommends, and then challenge you to something. Are you okay with that? Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I heard this beautiful quote about art. I've been telling it to people recently. I love it. I think it's so true. It resonates with me wonderfully, right? And the quote, I can't remember where I saw it, but I do remember hearing it or reading it somewhere. And it's effectively this, that art is a luxury until it's a necessity. 
So until you meet someone and your heart explodes out of your chest because you love them so much and you wonder, has anyone ever felt like this before? Has anyone ever had this feeling before? And so you search in art because art is kind of like a description of the human condition, right? So it's inside somebody's head. Have you ever lost anyone and wondered, has anyone ever felt this level of despair before? So you read some poetry. And so I got into this real kind of like artsy kind of a world and yeah, I guess that's kind of the preface and I guess that my recommendation is this. Art is unbelievable. Like after reading that quote, I started picking up art that I've never seen. I got a book just based on paintings, all the famous paintings of the world. And so many of them that I hadn't seen before. I started to actually look at them, look at them through a different eye, right? So mm. how have I, like, do I resonate with this photo, uh, with this uh, painting? Because I never looked at art like that before, right? And do I resonate with it? And if I do, why? Is it because I see something in that painting that I've felt before? And art took a little bit of a turn for me. I understand this necessity now. I've been looking at it. And like, so my recommendation is go out and explore art because it's really interesting. If you've, if you've never read a poetry book, right, go to the library and get one. If, you, if you've never actually sat and looked at some paintings, go, go find where there's a, a, an exhibition happening somewhere beside you. Or go online and look at a few and try and resonate with them. With that, with that little bit of knowledge that I've given you, or that little quote that I've given you there about how it's a luxury until it becomes a necessity. Keep that in your mind and do a little bit of exploring of art because you'll, you'll love it, I promise. Well, Mayhall is doing just that this weekend once Thursday night's over. <laughs> yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. right. Good man, Mayhall. Thanks, Kieran. You're going to yeah. go and see some art. And that's funny, right? So this brings me to my challenge. Right. Okay, so my challenge is this. Is not just go see art. Well, no, no. That's no. for the listeners and a recommendation. Immerse yourself in some art. I don't think we did it enough. And I think that's a little recommendation, a little light one, this. Because there is a challenge for the listeners and a challenge for you. So I thought I'd give it a little light one. Hmm. But we're we're all kind of in the art spectrum, right? So I do a lot of filmmaking, and, and actually talking about my filmmaking, I was looking at paintings, and I was like, oh, this is, if I if I meld these two worlds to get together and look at paintings to get my frames for filmmaking, I get some really interesting things. So they're you know whatever, but like you, you make music and you make uh, shows for the radio and whatever, so you're all in that artistic spectrum. But I thought we'd explore some art ourselves. And this is the challenge for our listeners, right? I'm going to pick one medium of art. I'm going to explore your art in a minute if you don't stop fidgeting with your mic stand I'm and making loads of noises that I'm going to have to cut <laughs> out it's later. It's nothing to do with me, Luke. I don't know what you're talking about. No, okay. So, art. Uh, I'm going to pick one, and the one that I've picked is poetry. Right? So, my challenge is for us each to write a poem. But also, our listeners, so if our listeners, if anyone's interested in writing a poem, they can send one in, we'll read the best one out or the funniest one out. But earlier on, before the show, I gave the lads a piece of paper. And on that piece of paper, you can open up your piece of papers there, lads. On that piece of paper, is four words. Milk, cheese, egg. Oh, that's my shopping list, sorry. <laughs> so you'll see there's four words, right? These four words are the four words you are to incorporate into your poem. Okay, so let's have a little listen to Luke's words there. Resist. Mm. Encourage. Actually, sorry, sorry. can we get some music and we just start that again? What kind of music do you want? I think like a kind of like a... Something a a little bit reflective or... Maybe, no, not like... Dramatic. Kind of dramatic. A little bit melancholic. Mysterious. (laughs) Yeah. All of 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 those (laughs) things. Put them all in. Happy, sad, but funny, but quirky. Okay, Okay. shut up. Um, (laughs) Right, music. 
Now, okay, resist, mm. encourage, mm. peak, mm. valid. Okay, very good. How do you feel about that? Do what? What imagery comes to mind straight off the bat? Well, I'm trying to uh, resist my initial impulses and be a little bit, uh, be a little bit, um, you know, explorative with it. But uh, I'm encouraged. I think that poetry is uh, is, is something that that I can that I can handle. Y- yeah, y- you know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be at the peak of my talents now, but uh, it's it's certainly and I've done it before, um, and. Uh, you know, I think I can. I think I can make a good, valid at- attempt at, at this challenge. <laughs> Very done. good, done, I love it. Done. See what I did there. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Very good. Uh, with, with all that set aside, I actually do have high hopes for you on this because we've worked on projects together where you've written songs in a day, and your songs have been very good. Oh, does, yes. does it have to rhyme? It certainly does not. Right. It's it, it, poetry. Like explore it in whatever way you want. So that's Luke's words. Sorry, Karen. What's your words? Factory terms branch true. Factory is a tough one. Yeah. There's nothing pretty about it. <laughs> no, but that can be nice too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. old poem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So how do you feel about your words? Dirty old town. I met my love by the factory. By the factory. Well, there you go. Yeah. Now you can't meet your love by the factory wall in your poem. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be right. Michal. External. Oh, that's shite. <laughs> that's an awful <laughs> word. <laughs> There's nothing good about that. Glass. You can do that. You can, there's plenty you can do with glass. Yeah, Perfect. Coin Kaidi coincide, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be coincide, yeah. And stable, which could be two different things. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah, I yeah. like as well. By the way, is your peak P double E K or P E A K? Oh, it's P E A K. Oh, lovely. The peak. Right? You should have known from the way he used it. Yeah, his, yeah. His... Oh, sorry. Yeah. You pay attention. Me, said pay attention now, no. right? <laughs> as usual. And mine. Hold uh, are... on. You wrote your own. Yeah. Oh, we can't have that. Well, well. now, to be fair, I, I let everyone pick their own. Fair enough. From a kind of like, you know, when the dealer says, pick a card, any card. We kind of did that thing and people were, so I didn't really pick my, I gave, I did do a lot of fair ones. So my one, now you can write me <laughs> ones if you want, but these all came from Word Generator. They weren't picked with love. Okay. So mine is uh, paint, effect, wine and strike. Oh, they're easy. Do you want to swap? <laughs> no, that's all yeah, right. there you go. So, okay, lads. So I reckon for Rory Recommends, we'll have like a special next month where for Rory Recommends, we'll do uh, Rory's Poetry Corner. Right. That's <laughs> right. a shout. <laughs> yeah, so we're, gonna do, like we're all going to have to do a nice little dramatic reading of our poems. We're we? going to have to do a little dramatic reading of the poems. Uh, I think that like if you want to music to accompany your poem, yeah. that you, you should be supplied with that music beforehand so you could play it in the background okay you know if there's a performance to go along with your poem let me know so I can film it we'll have Rory's Poetry Corner and it'll be uh, it'll be next month so join uh, join us next month sorry let me start that again don't cut that <laughs> sorry let me, start that again. let me start that again join us next month for Rory's Poetry Corner <sighs> No, it's not that kind of corner. Who invited me on? That's it, folks. Great stuff, Rory. Thanks, Rory. Is that it? That's it, isn't it? What just happened? I did it as a that's it, folks. Is that the end of the podcast?
No, because we need to put in music or no. <laughs> Luke, you can't leave this bit in. <laughs> You've been doing this a lot recently. We need to professionalise this a bit. Luke keeps saying like, oh, you're looking at me to cut this out. You're the sound engineer. Yes, please cut out the shitty bits. Because <laughs> nobody will get into the middle of it where the podcast is actually really good. Everyone will be like five minutes out. Oh, shut up, lads. No, but you you've off. got some like big, all right, that was it. That was the podcast for this week, folks. We talked to this person and we had that person. And we'll see you next time. Good luck. Bye, bye, bye. Uh, you just said, he just said, so that's where I recommend. And you said, okay. Why don't you finish it off yeah. this week? Huh? Give Karen a break. You finish it off this week. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, and you better words. be caught up now You better finish <laughs> it up It'll be a perfect little segue into it Thanks folks uh, Kieran's brain has uh, shut itself off The segue machine has left the station uh, So it is down to me To take the podcast out this week We are going to leave you with a piece of music By a brand new Emerging singer-songwriter And artist Kira Lawless This is a song called I Am Your Healer it was recently released on uh, all streaming platforms and digital storefronts. So if you like this, go and give Kira a follow and keep an eye out for lots of new music from Kira coming in the next couple of months. This is Kira Lawless with I Am Your Healer.
until we finally stay Copy Until we finally stay a